Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to our final lesson of 41. I'm excited about this last value. We literally brought a value over uh, from our old values. We thought it was that important. And I want to open up with a Joe story. So uh, these are stories that I learned something from. This is a, more on the sad side. They're usually happy and funny. This one's a little sad um, because it impacted someone else's life, and, but I learned a life lesson from it. And it had to do with a guy in our church. This is 25, 30 years ago. So there's a guy in our church, and uh, I just heard he was on fire. He loved Jesus, and, and I loved Jesus, and I was on fire. So I thought I need to get to know him. I uh, wanted to have a coffee with him. And uh, so we're sitting, we're getting to know each other, and we're doing just, you know, the initial conversation. And it was a presidential election year. I didn't mention that, but it was a presidential election year. We're going back 25, 30 years, so try to figure out which one it was. And uh, so somehow politics came up. Go figure. I don't know how. But I, um, I went on a rant. This is the old Joe. I went on a rant against the guy I wasn't voting for. I just tore him up. And I just assumed this guy believed like me because we both love Jesus. I figured if we both love Jesus, our, our opinions would be the same politically, right? Isn't that so? Well, no, it wasn't. And, and, and then I, I lifted up the guy I was going to vote for. And when I was all finished, here's what happened. I mean, he looked at me and said, I'm voting for the guy you just trashed. And I don't appreciate you trashing him. And so I'm, it was that very awkward moment. I'm wondering, is he kidding me? Is he pulling my leg? And then I realized, no, no, I offended him. And so uh, here's what happened. Within a month, he left believers. But that's not, I mean, if he would have went to another church, I, I wouldn't feel as bad. But he stopped following Jesus, and 25, 30 years later, he, he's not following Jesus still. And periodically, I pray. His, his, you know how people's names will come to your mind? I pray, and I say, Lord, I just pray for him to come back to Jesus and follow him, and forgive me for the mistake I made. I made a strategic error. And it doesn't have to be about politics. This lesson isn't about politics, but it could be anything. And it goes with our values. That's why I shared this story. And here's our value. We build bridges, not barriers. And I really feel I built a barrier in this poor guy's life and I pushed him away from God. So um, I think this is one of uh, just an incredible lesson. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think it will be an instant classic. Um, and so... Uh, I want to talk about this incredible value that we have. And I got to thinking about our values. This is value number six. And I'm so thankful for our young leaders, Pastor Joe Jr., Pastor Ryan. Uh, my wife and I are so thankful for them. Um, I just thought if I wrote our values, they'd go like this. Love Jesus with all your heart. That's value number one, right? Follow the word. That's value number two. It, it would be boring. Um, but these guys are so creative. And then I have the privilege of teaching the values. So I get into them and I think, oh, this is good. I can't wait to say this and say that. So I'm thankful for these guys. But whenever I think of barriers because I have daughters with young children, I think of this. This is the, what I think of when I think of barriers. And I think of the poor kids wanting to get into a room they're not allowed to get into. And uh, what I want to make sure I do is with adults, I don't create a barrier to where someone doesn't come to know Christ or I cause them to repel and walk away from Christ. And I think all of us want to be the same. When I think of bridges, I think of this picture. You know, I think of this bright light and I think of the bridge 
And I just think our goal is to bring people closer to God. That's the, that is the bright light. And that's what we want to do, guys. And that's what we want to talk about. So we have all these beautiful sub-values underneath this value. Here's the first one. I really like it. I don't value people based on their values. I value them as someone Jesus was willing to die for. And this kind of reminds me of what I talked about last week, but from a different angle. Remember last week how I said, there's no one on the planet that God loves any more than he loves you, or he loves you as much as anyone on the planet. And this is kind of the same way, only now we're looking at it from a whole different angle. We don't value people based on their values. Every person on this planet is someone God was willing to die for. And that's how we want to begin to value people. Whether they're non-Christians or young Christians, they may have different values than us, but God wants us to value them as somebody he was willing to die for. He valued them that much. And this scripture always comes to mind. I like the second verse, but verse uh, 16 is so familiar, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. And when I think of God and Jesus, he didn't come here pointing his finger at us. He surely can. To this day, if you compare my character and my values to Jesus, I fall short. And guys, I've followed him now for over 40 years, but I still fall short. I'm so glad he values me based on the fact I was worth dying for. And he values you on the fact you were worth dying for. And he didn't come into this world to condemn us, but to save us and to grow us. So we want to look at people that way. And it really helps us be build, bridge builders when we see people like God sees people. Here, here's the next sub point. It goes like this. I'm not trying to win an argument. I'm trying to win a person. People don't care how much I know until they know how much I care. And I think all of us can agree with that. But you are looking at probably the most... Um, natural arguer you ever met. I, growing up, I drove my parents crazy because I argued about every rule. I argued about everything. And my dad used to just want to pull his head off. He used to say, you're going to be a trial attorney, Joe. And I said, yeah, I, I might be. And then God called me in the ministry. But, but guys, when I accepted Christ, you know what I did? I started arguing with everyone that wasn't a Christian. I turned all my relatives off, turned them away, pushed them away, I would tell my relatives, if you don't accept Christ, you're going to go to hell. You better turn or you're going to burn. And then I would want to argue. I'd want to argue with them. Can you imagine Pastor Joe doing that? I would never do that today, right? But I was a born arguer and confronter. I wanted to just confront and argue with people. Being an introvert, I still love doing that. And so as I grew, God grew me to a place where I realized, you know what? I'm not winning one person to Christ with this attitude and over time, we brought all of our friends and relatives back. But listen to this scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, 21. When, when with the heathens, that means just non-Christian, I agree with them as much as I can. Except, of course, that I must always do what is right as a Christian. So I'm not going to compromise my walk. But what he's saying is I'll look for some things, some areas where we can agree, right? Um, with, with a Stillers fan, I try to agree as much as I can. I, you know, I didn't send any texts out after last week's loss to the Browns. So I was so kind. And uh, other people weren't so kind. But, but 
I find somewhere where I can agree with people. And then notice this. And so by agreeing, I can win their confidence and help them too. Now, this is the Living Bible, which is a paraphrase. And I thought I'd take a moment, and then we'll come back to this. It's, it's so good. But um, whenever I use a paraphrase, that means I really looked at the original language. So I study out of the King James, the New King James, and the New American Standard. Those are the ones that I feel are the most accurate translations. So I study off of them. And then the Blue Letter Bible, if you're interested, you go online, it's free. You can see the original Hebrew or Greek, and you can see what words are used. And then you can, what I do is I, I test it, and I only use a paraphrase when it's staying it's literally saying what the, the original text said. But the reason I use them is because they make it easier to understand. And I like what he said here. He said, my goal isn't to argue. So I'm going to say something right now. I might stir some of you up, and, and that's okay. Just pray for me if you disagree with me and ask God to open up my eyes, right? Or, and, but then you have to also pray, open up my eyes if I'm wrong, Lord God. But uh, guys, when it comes to social media, you have to ask yourself a question. Do you want to preach to the choir or do you want to help bring people closer to God? That's a question you have to ask. So if your goal is to preach to the choir, you put whatever you want on there, you blast people any way you want, and that's up to you, right? But you have to understand, your close friends that think like you, they're going to give you a thumbs up, they're going to, they're going to write a cool comment, but the peripheral friends, they're going to block you and you're not even going to know you're blocked. Because uh, you can block people and they won't even know you blocked them. So they're not going to even listen to you anymore. And the question you want to ask is, can I win somebody by sharing strong opinions? And you have to ask, what are you called to do? Because I believe some of you are called to be political. You're called into that realm. I, I would love for some of you to run, run for school board. I'd love for some of you to run for office, especially those of you that have life experience. You would be so awesome and uh, live in a glass house and run for politics, right? And, and uh, let God use all that life experience. And some of you are called to political movements. That's all good. Do it in love. But you have to ask yourself with your social media feed, what's your purpose? And if you feel your purpose is to preach to the choir and preach away, right? Uh, but the way I like to do it is, I like to just say, I'm going to find some way to agree. I'm going to throw some God things in. And my goal when I'm talking to person, when I'm one-on-one, -on -one, when I'm social media, my goal is I want to be as, agree somewhere. And then at some point, I want an open door so I can help somebody go to the next level. Hope that makes sense. Let's look at the next one. I like this one too. Uh, as a Christian, we're not called to, be a, to, to hold the world accountable. Our mission isn't to be the morality police changing their behavior. Our mission is to lead them to our Savior. And so we're dealing primarily with non-Christians, but there's a lot of new Christians that don't have the same values that you might have. And our goal is not to be the morality police. Uh, God does set some standards in the church. We'll see that in just a moment. But let me ask you a question. If somebody that was blind in the natural, if you saw them and they ran into the wall, would you have compassion for them? Wouldn't you want to just try to help them find the right path, the right way? You'd have compassion. Would you condemn them for running into the wall? No, they're blind. But you know what? People are spiritually blind, so they're running into spiritual walls. And God wants us to understand our job isn't to be the morality police. Our job's to try to open up the door so we can share Christ with them. So I'm going to share a scripture with you, a section of scripture. And guys, 
There are some of you that will struggle with this scripture. I surely did when I first read it. Years ago, I struggled with it, didn't understand it fully. And some of you may not agree with it. So as I always do, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you, if you disagree with what I'm going to say and how I'm going to bring this out, pray and say, Lord God, if Pastor Joe's wrong, open his eyes. But then you can't pray that prayer unless you pray this prayer. If I'm wrong, open up my eyes. And let me ask you a question. Can you go wrong bringing God into the picture? No, you can't go wrong. So just be humble and say, God, I don't agree with him. And I do this all the time. I listen to some preachers and I go, mm, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But Lord, if they're right, show me. Show me, Lord, show me. And if they're wrong, show them. So uh, here's the scripture, guys. I set it all up. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate. That means to hang out and spend time with people who indulge. The word indulge means to practice regularly with no intention of stopping, right? Indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about the unbelievers, the non-Christians, who indulge or practice sexual sin and other things. They're greedy. They cheat people, worship idols. Not all non-Christians do this. And this isn't a complete list. It's just talking about people practicing sins. He goes on to say, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. So he writes him a letter saying, don't hang out and spend quality time with, with people practicing sin. They just took it as the world. And he said, no, 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 I'm not talking about the world. You'd have to not You'd have to be taken up to heaven to avoid people in the world. So they mistook it. Now he's going to explain it. Verse 11, I meant that you are not to associate, hang out, spend lots of time with anyone who claims to be a believer or a Christian, yet indulges. That means they practice. Here's what this word means. It means you say, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to live this way, right? Knowing that the Bible says to live the opposite. It goes on to say, and sexual sin, notice how he expanded the list, or is greedy, or worships idol, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or is a cheat. Don't even eat with such people. So this sounds so harsh. And when I first read it, I thought, God, this is so harsh. What are you saying? Why are you saying it? Well, first of all, here's what he's not saying. Can, can we all, can we, can we hear this? He's not saying not to associate with people who struggle with sin. All of us struggle with sin, don't we? Sure. No perfect people are allowed here at Believers. So if you're perfect, you're not allowed to come here. And and so I'm still here, which means I'm not perfect. And if any of us were to hold our lives and our character and our values up to Jesus, we would all fall short, right? God knows we're all struggling. We repent. We say, God, I'm wrong. Forgive me. And that's what he's looking for. Just a humble person that says, God, I have to grow. When I was a young Christian, I mentioned this for a moment last week too, for a different reason. When I was a young Christian, I kept falling in sexual sin, pornography over and over again for years. And every time I'd say, God, I did it again. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Well, he's not talking about a guy like that. I knew it was wrong, but I'd say, God, I don't know how to stop. I have no idea how to stop. This before I met my wife, I was a single guy. And I said, I have no, I met Jesus at 19. So I got all my hormones. I don't know how to stop. And I'm just saying, God, help me. You're telling me to be pure, but I, don't, I cannot do it. But I kept repenting. It's not talking about a guy like that, right? Listen to verse 12. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. This is Paul. This is us. So our job isn't to be the morality police. The outsiders are non-Christians. But it is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scripture says, you must remove the evil person from among you. So let me help you understand this. And by the way, 40 years of pastoring, I've never had to do this. 
I've just found if you teach the truth, uh, people that want to practice sin just walk away. They, they just don't come. Um, they, they think, I'm not coming here. Look at what he believes, right? But I do it in a nice way. But what the Bible is saying is a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's yeast. And you know how you put yeast in bread and the whole thing rises? A little leaven is referring to sin. And all God's saying is if you allow that spiritual virus in the church to exist, the person that's defiant and says, I'll live any way I want, it's going to spread to other people. So he's really actually trying to protect us, right? And through COVID, we learned a lot about viruses, didn't we? I learned that I didn't wash my hands correctly. I was a quick hand washer, done, you know? And uh, now I'm a good hand washer, so you can shake my hands after service. But uh, now I take time and I wash and I, I do everything they taught us. And then during COVID, they taught us how germs spread. And now my grandkids, my younger grandkids, if I cough and go like this, they, they correct me, go, Poppy, you're supposed to cough here and do your arm. I go, oh, I forgot again. And so we learned about natural germs, right? We learned all about those. And all God's trying to do is protect his people. So I hope I made some sense to you. But the idea is we don't want to judge those outside. Someday they'll stand before God. Hopefully they'll meet Jesus before that day comes, right? Here's, here's the next value. I like this sub-value. Um, every part of my life is a mission field. That is social media. Won't talk about that again. My job, my hobbies, my family gatherings. I will intentionally schedule time to build consistent connections with people who are far from God. This is really important for me because I work inside the four walls, literally, of a church, right? And so I've been a Christian so long that outside of some relatives, um, I, I could never see a non-Christian ever in my life, you know? And so I literally love people that don't know Christ and I want to help, I want to be part of the process to bring them to Christ. And if, if you don't have that in your heart, just pray and say, God, give me a love for those that don't know Jesus. He'll give you a love. And, uh, and so he's done that with me. So here's what I have to do. Um, I, I have to make sure I'm in atmospheres where there are non-believers, because I don't work with non-believers, right? And so I belong to several organizations where I have the privilege of rubbing shoulders with unbelievers. And then I, I'm part of a gym. I go to a gym. Uh, I don't have a spinning class, something like that, where you become intimate with whoever's in it. I'm just in a gym. And I'm one of those guys, when I work out, I don't want to interrupt it. So you know the social gym member people? Uh, I'm always, when they come near me, I look the other way, you know, continue my workout. It's like, I'll talk to you after, but I don't want to stop my workout, right? But what I do is in the lobbies, in the locker rooms, I just get to know people. And I, I go introduce myself to them. But, you know, I'm a guy, so it, it might be weeks where I just give them a grunt. <laughs> I see them every morning, you know, <laughs> Hey, and they're giving me a grunt, and we grunt for a while. And then, and then eventually I look for that open door, right? Sometimes a lady talks to me, and I say, you know, I, I say, you need, you need to have coffee with my wife. And I'll set Gina up a coffee. And, and uh, I, you know, I think she could really help you with what you're dealing with. And so our heart in this is to be intentional. So think about school. Some, those of you that are in school, um, think about your work. Think about your family. And just ask God, help me see it as a missions field, because it is. And then ask God to give you the skill to be a bridge builder, not a barrier builder. And he will. But that desire, he wants to give it to you. Um, how, about, how about this next one, guys? Um, let's take a look. I will patiently build trust, opening their hearts to the truth. And I love this one. And that just means you spend some time with them. So in the groups that I belong to, 
I'll get to know people. And then eventually I'll say, hey, you want to do a coffee? We'll do a coffee. These are non-Christians, you know? And then I might have a coffee and never say a word about Jesus, but I'm building trust, right? I'm just getting to know them. Uh, in the meetings, they're getting to know me. Unfortunately, everyone knows I'm Pastor Joe, so I can't even misbehave if I wanted to because um, they're all watching me, right? But they're watching, how do I react? And how, how do I react to this? How do I react to that? And I know I'm being watched, but they're gonna eventually know you're a Christian, so they're gonna watch you. And, uh, but then I look for those doors, you know, and I just keep being a blessing trying to build trust. And there's a story I shared. I messed it up the first time, so uh, I want to share it correctly this time. But here's the story. It's called the Blessers versus the Converters Study. It's uh, from Five Ways to Bless Your Neighbor, Dave Ferguson. So uh, I'll I'll tell you in a moment where I messed it up. But two missionary groups went to Taiwan, very hard ground. And what that means is they don't want to hear about Jesus uh, in Taiwan. Very difficult to share Jesus. One of the groups was the converters, and here's why I messed it up. I said they had crusades. Uh, they went door to door, and they would knock on doors daily, this group of missionaries. And when someone answered the door, they'd use the Roman road, or they'd use some kind of gospel thing. The idea is to ask them if they want to pray and accept Jesus. So you share a couple of scriptures, and I've done that before. It's very difficult to do. Um, so over a two-year period, they had two conversions, all right? Then the blessers, they never knocked on a door. The blessers never knocked on anyone's door. They just did life with these people in Thailand. They did life with them. And uh, whenever they had an opportunity and someone had a need, they would, they would meet their need. They would just be a blessing. People they worked with, people they rubbed shoulders with, people in their neighborhood. And then when those people asked a question about God, then they would... They would answer that question, and then they'd invite people to their Bible studies. Do you know they had 50 times more conversions? They had 100 conversions in two years versus two conversions. And the essence there is just you and I building trust, right? Not being the morality police, building trust, just building as much trust as we can. I I like this next one. You ready, guys? This is a good one. This is about me. Our services will always consider the outsider. So that means... I realized that any weekend we're going to have visitors and many of them that don't know Jesus, right? So in my mind, when I'm preparing notes, I never compromise. But when I'm going over my message and I'm thinking, how will I say that? I I always consider the outsiders. So there's a couple things I do, right? Uh, Number one, I do accusation audits. You just saw me do one earlier. I said, some of you won't agree with what I'm about to, to say, right? That's an accusation audit. Uh, it's a skill that I learned. And, and I say, but if you don't agree, pray for me that God would open up my eyes, but also pray for yourself, right? And, and I'll say things like, this scripture was hard for me to handle when I first read it. I'm not making that up. It was hard. I read it and said, God, this doesn't seem like love. What's wrong with you, right? And then I realized, oh, germs, disease, spiritual disease. Okay, I see what you're trying to do. A little leaven, leaven soul. I get it. Okay, thank you, God. But um, I'll do accusation. So here's what's, what's cool about that. I can teach any subject in the Bible. It doesn't matter how tough it is. I'll do an accusation audit. And, and people, I, I let everybody keep their dignity. I don't say, you're a fool if you don't believe the way I do. I, I, everybody can keep their dignity because I could be wrong too, right? We're all growing, right? And so I love to do accusation audits. And then I also want to make you a promise. I'll never speak Christianese. Do you know what it means to speak Christianese? It means you assume everybody knows what every term in the Bible, and you just throw these Bible terms out, and people, their heads are spinning. They're like, what? I never heard, what's that mean? What's that mean? And people just don't know. So you'll see, 
I won't compromise, but I'll say things in very simple ways. And so recently, the governor appointed me to Eastern Gateway Community College. He appointed me to their board. And uh, so I go to my first board meeting, and I'm in Youngstown in the board room for them. And then we're Zooming with Steubenville. They have over 10,000 students currently. And I'm with the board members and some of the administrators. And guys, they are sharing acronyms. My head is spinning. I don't know with one, they must have shared 30 acronyms. And they're, and, and they're all, we were in there over three hours. And, and they're saying, yeah, the C-A-T and the B-U-Y and the X-Y-Z. And I'm like, oh. And I was sitting there and here's all I thought. I thought, Lord, may our church never be that way. I'm going to consider outsiders, right? Now, near the end, one of the leaders said, Pastor Joe, I didn't put you through orientation. He said, I'm sorry about all these acronyms. He said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I don't know, have an idea, no idea what you're talking about, but I said, I've enjoyed getting to know you guys. It's been fun, right? Um, but we, we, I will always make sure church is something you can bring somebody to. This last one's for you. I saved it for you. Here it is. Prayer is the foundation for any multiplying move of God. I will play, pray consistently for people who are far from God. Remember, our mission is we want to create a multiplying movement of disciples, making disciples. And I just want to talk to you a moment about prayer. And some of you are skilled prayer people. I see some of you that oversee prayer groups here at Believers. Thank you for what you do. And uh, some of you, can, I think you pray better than I do. Um, but, you know, prayer is something you learn. There are different skills in it. But do you know prayer is just simply talking to God? That's all it is. And do you know if you told God, you know, God, I'd like to see this student that I'm kind of friends with, they don't know Christ. I'd like to see them know Christ like I do, this person, this relative. Do you know that that's a powerful prayer that God will answer? Prayer is just talking to God and asking God to do something. And so we become more skilled at it. But when you pray, God, I'd like them to come to know Jesus like I do, man, you just release the Holy Spirit to move in their life and to convict them and open up their eyes to Jesus as Lord by praying a simple prayer. So I'm looking at one of the most powerful organizations, groups of people on planet Earth. I can't see you, Boardman, but you're right there, the same. Uh, guys at TCI, you can rock that prison by praying simple prayers like that. It just releases God to move. And I like to look at prayer, you know, like if you're, the military's at war with someone, you know how they send the bombers in and the bombers kind of soften everything up, get everything ready for the troops to come in? Prayers like those bombers, you're, you're just simply dropping God bombs on people. And you drop a couple God bombs on a person, God's going to begin to work in their life. That's how God brought me into the kingdom. I found out people were praying and dropping God bombs on me. I didn't even know what was hitting me, but it was hitting me, right? And God was softening me up. And I'm like, what's going on here? Why, why, why am I all of a sudden interested in this Jesus guy, right? God was moving in my life. So you're the most powerful group on planet Earth. I don't know about you. But I, I loved what we learned today. I think God helped us be more bridge builders than barrier builders. And all of us are going to think about it. But can I ask you a question? Boardman, TCI, online, here in Warren. Are you excited God loved us so much he died for us? And are you excited he loves every person on this planet and he wants to use us to help bring them to Christ? If you're excited about it, can we give it up and just say thank you, God? I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm excited about it. All right.
We're going to pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to share Christ with these precious people, to share the word of God. So Father, here's my prayer. Here's my heart's prayer. Take what we heard today. Help us become bridge builders. As we go through the week, show us if we're putting up barriers anywhere, Lord. Might be hindering people. Lord, help us navigate social media. Boy, if I had social media when I was 19, I would have tore it up in the wrong way. Lord, just help us all grow in every area of our life. And Lord, give us a greater hunger for the lost. Give us a greater hunger to help Christians go to the next level. We thank you for this series 41, and we thank you for growing each and every one of us in the precious name of Jesus. And if you're with us right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're not sure of your eternity. I mean, we had communion. We talked about Jesus quite a bit. And if you're listening, you say, you know what? I'm ready to pray and accept him. My heart's open. I believe in every weekend God's doing that in people's hearts. It's their day. Only God can open our eyes up to Jesus. If that's you, would you pray with us right now? The rest of us, can we help them? Let's pray like we mean it. Let's help them. Some people are praying it for the first time. And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God that you died for the sins of the whole world, including mine. God raised you up from the grave. And this day, I accept you as Savior, and I declare your Lord. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.